Here's a few words with Jesse Bond of Southwest Fire Academy. Hey, Jesse. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How was the trip? Trip was fantastic. Thanks. It was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Definitely a do-over, and I recommend anyone to go there if you're into the adventuring stuff and scenic landscapes. It's incredible. We actually got to points where I was like, hey, I wish this country would just be boring for a minute. You all settled back in? Yeah, trying to. Just trying to catch up on everything. I'll be coming up for live fire on Thursday. All Beauty with Brantford? Yeah. Good, good. They uh, actually just rolled in. What do you want to lay down here? What's coming up? We've got a bunch of stuff coming up. There's not a whole lot of open enrollment in November. We do have a Instructor 1 and Instructor 2 that are running back-to-back November 14th, and then the Instructor 2 starts November 17th. All the other stuff is kind of off-site at different fire departments or nuclear power plants and stuff like that. So that's all we really have in November, starting to slow down in December. We've got a ton of stuff on the calendar for 2023. What I will say, though, is I want to throw a shout out to Andrew Bassard and Darren Van Zandbergen, which I probably just butchered his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> they just finished our first machine rescue course that SFA offered, and they put a ton of time into the props and obviously taught the course, but it was absolutely phenomenal. I just recommend anyone to go into our social media and check out some of the photos. They did all the machine rescue stuff, and then they went above and beyond, added a whole bunch of stuff. They had the students rappelling and hanging upside down off rope and making it a lot more challenging. So definitely check out some of the photos. We don't have another one booked, but there will be more of those courses in the future. So just keep your eyes out for those. All right, man. Get back at it. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Multiple Calls, episode 54. I'm Scott Hewlett. Even with access to the entirety of human knowledge and stupidity at our beck and call, we still carry the deep desire to connect directly and learn from each other. There is huge benefit to doing your own research on a topic, but the value of reaching out to another person or group of people for support and guidance brings more than just information. Watching or listening to someone talk at you through a technological medium and speaking and interacting with someone in person or even through that same technology are very different experiences. Real-time mutual connection and feedback has a synergistic effect which can actually get us to our goals faster than Google and can leave everyone involved with a lasting feeling of mutual respect and gratitude. Self-discipline, adaptability, and consistency are what manifest goals into reality. But beyond this episode's guest's ability to leverage those variables, the key to her personal and professional growth thus far has been her willingness to seek out and ask for help. It is practicing humility, vulnerability, and openness, and it is what accelerates and focuses the process. Here's my chat with Haley Green. You can just start off by telling me where you grew up and how it was in your childhood. So I grew up in Whippy, Ontario. My childhood was, I would say, like normal, like childhood, mom and dad, actually divorced when I was five so but my time was kind of split between them evenly so my dad every other weekend took me to sports we grew up all playing hockey baseball lacrosse I'm very close to my siblings like very very close with them my brother is a mechanical engineer and he's out in Pembroke area now my sister is out in BC 
and she's an OR nurse, and she's also going into volunteer firefighting. We're very similar, my sister and I, so I was like, oh, like maybe you should kind of just check out firefighting and see if you would enjoy it. Obviously, it's good to have the medical side as well, too, so... So yeah, very close to my family. And now I live in North Perth, so it's a bit different, a lot smaller town uh, compared to Whitby. So we would like we would always go into town in Toronto, 45 minute on the go train, go to Jays games, hockey games, and that kind of stuff. But I do like I love living in the rural community. I could spend a lot more time outside, a lot more time being active, connecting with people, and being in a community. That's what I really enjoy. It's kind of a coincidence that, like, my parents are in Palmerston, yeah, yeah. which is just down the road from the stool. I find that even being on the volunteer department, everyone knows everyone, and people will come up to you and, oh, I heard about this call last week that happened, and they would tell me details about the call, and I'm like, I didn't even know that happened or anything, so it's very, very small town feel, but I, I like that community aspect, and I get to go to the grocery store and see people from the gym and see people from the fire department and stuff like that, so... I really enjoy the community aspect of the small town. So, and how was school for you growing up? I would say elementary school, same old kind of thing. Went to the same elementary school, had the same friends growing up, played a lot of sports, so that was really fun. And then I got to high school, and it was I could not, Scott, I could not sit still, and I would, I feel like I would could talk all the time. I'm very talkative now, but if I had a good core group of people in my class I would just talk a lot find myself very distracted hard to sit still I played sports through high school and I really I found that anything active I could take I took like weightlifting any sports team I could join I would I wasn't a phenomenal athlete or anything like that but it was more of the team aspect just getting out and having fun with friends it was more of the kind of experience I was looking for in high school so then after high school I was kind of unsure about what I wanted to do because that's a time where you're, oh, by the way, like you need to choose what you want to do for the rest of your life. In high school, I didn't know anything about myself. So I got to university. I went local. I just went to uh, school in Oshawa. Stayed at home, saved money, didn't want to pay for all the res and everything. I went for criminology with the hopes of going into policing. So originally I thought I wanted to go into policing. Then I started weightlifting and stuff in my first year. So when I got into university, again, the same issues of having, I couldn't sit down. I couldn't sit through three-hour lectures. I would go to class, but I wouldn't be there. I would be doing other stuff. I liked criminology, and I loved the content and the lectures and writing research papers, but I just, I could not sit still. And I did like the psychology aspect of it as well, too, those courses. So then I started weightlifting in my first year and it honestly, it changed my whole trajectory in my life. I learned from other people in my life how to properly exercise, but also like it was learning, trial and error, watching the YouTube videos, listening to podcasts and watching people at the gym and reaching out to people who I knew, knew more than me. And I was okay with asking them questions because I didn't see it as I didn't know something or like I was beneath them, but they're willing to teach me. So I was really excited to learn. So that really helped me. So I went from, I would say like a C-level student to being on honor roll, to showing up to classes, being engaged, doing presentations, being more confident. So I would take any opportunity to do presentations or if we're doing presentations for a certain paper I would just be okay I'll do it like I need to get I need to get good at the skills that I didn't like so I did not like being in front of people I did not like talking to people so I would always take opportunities to step out and then connect with people who 
were better at something that I wanted to learn at. I like reaching out to people who are in sense a mentor to me. So that was my university. And then after I graduated, so I was kind of interested in policing, either going to something law, so like probationary, lawyer, and my dad's a project manager. So I was like, oh, I could, I could probably enjoy the office job. Like I can, I can pick something up. It's okay. So I got a job after university as um, like project manager. And I could, again, it was that I, I had, I would have to work out before I went to work because I could not sit still and I did not have the attention span to sit and on the computer all day. I did like the project management aspect of being well-organized and communicating with a team environment and leading and being well-organized. But then again, I just wanted something like more with a purpose. So after I kind of talked to other individuals in the company, what their role was, where they saw their career progressing, like kind of an interview, you would ask someone about their job. So, and then I asked a couple of police officers about what the job really was for them. Cause I had a different misconception about what it was really like. So after I had those conversations, I was very let down cause I had that four years I've been working, volunteering, working towards a goal of policing. Mm. And then it was like, okay, now, what do I do now? What do I do now? Like I need, for me, I needed something to work towards. So it was suggested to me after I finished university, a family friend from the fire department. He just retired recently. I actually called him yesterday because I needed to talk to him and tell him some stuff. So he introduced me to it. Why don't you try firefighting? You're active. You like you've played team sports your whole life. So I think you would be you do well in it. So I went. He invited me to the hall in Toronto. So I went there, and he had three firefighters just talk to me about their career, how they got started, what they liked about it, how do I move forward if I am interested in it. He had been out it for a long time. He was just retired, right? So he didn't know what the hiring process was like. So I came with questions after reviewing all the Toronto like qualifications and I'm like, how do I, how do I get all these certs? What are, what are these certs? And what are the options to get these certifications? How much time is it going to take? I don't have anyone in fire in my family. Yeah. My dad was a respiratory therapist before working project management. So went to Toronto, tried on the gear, tried on the STBA. They put, you know, when you put the balaclava on and you do like a search and rescue kind of thing. So they put a helmet out there. They put some stuff down. They made me go through, let me go on air. And then they gave me a couple tools, walk up the stairs, walk back down. And then I just checked out the trucks and everything too. And I went home the next day and I started researching ways to get into the profession. Then I looked at doing more schooling. So for me, because I knew what the options were, because they gave me a couple examples. So either private schooling, going back to college, or I could do a private school here, like in, or in Texas, or get on a volunteer department and do it that way. So like, what's gonna be the best option based on what my current circumstances are? And time is money kind of thing, right? I, I wanted to get on as soon as I could. I didn't want to go back to school again because I had the university experience. So I didn't want to go to college here because I just wanted to work full time and then take the days that I could off and then go down to Texas. So that's what I did. I did my schooling in the States, did the hybrid program, did it online. And then I took two weeks vacation and then went down to Texas, did my training there. And then before that, I did some of my qualifications before. So I created a rough timeline base. I would go on fire department's websites and I would look at what qualifications I needed. And then I would 
go look them up and then rough estimate as to timeline wise as to cost and how long it's going to take me to get them. So I broke it down and created like a calendar year and then all the certs I needed kind of throughout that year after I got my Fire 1, Fire 2, Hazmat and that's yeah, when you get in Texas. So after that, I planned to get them all done after I got back. So Texas was awesome. I had a lot of fun. It worked well for my schedule. I didn't want to go back to school again. I wanted to start my life and I knew this was the best option for me. So if people are looking to get into firefighting, you need to research the options. You also need to take into account what your current life situation is because I didn't have kids. I didn't have a significant other. I didn't have all those things to take into account. So I think a lot of people, I did it myself too, looking at it into firefighting, I thought it was gonna be quicker. I thought it was me. I'm like, all right, like I'll get all these done. I set out a timeline and then life happens and it does not work that way. And then people need to be more realistic as to how long it takes and be patient because when I got into it, yeah, I expected to be hired quicker. I expected it because I didn't have, I, I know people said it, say it takes long. Some people get hired after a year. Some people get hired after eight years. But it's the continuous pursuit that once you get that, it's so rewarding because you look back at all the things you did, all the things you gave up on, not gave up on, but you go spend time in the gym instead of going out with friends and drinking or you find friends who want to work out with you and then push you to be better. So Texas was fun. I had a great time and just look at your options when it comes to schooling because there's so many different options and don't be afraid to reach out to people who've done the different options to see what's the best for you at that time. I don't think it's super common for people to seek out and like interview yeah. people in jobs that they want to get yeah. in. That's not really a common thing, I don't think. I don't think I had that yeah. idea. So it's cool that you picked up on that so early on in, in your academic career and then you applied it to this and we're so organized and looking forward into how to get this and pursue it. I found within firefighting that I've never had a firefighter or a fire chief or anyone I've reached out to tell me no. My mindset, Scott, is like, if I go into something and the worst thing that someone can tell me is no, so why can't I ask them? That either they're gonna ignore me or they're gonna say no. So either I sit back and I don't take the chance or I, f I feel sad for five minutes and I get over it and then I ask someone else who's willing to help me because now I've had so many people in firefighting who've I've reached out to but I've also connected me with other people who are experts in certain fields which is it's exciting because it makes me feel like there's a family aspect of it I've been able to connect with a lot of people like yourself you've connected me with a lot of people too which has been awesome and then just the networking aspect of it I don't think people a lot of people getting into firefighting they don't think it's a huge thing but it it is truly a huge thing. I'm telling you, like, it is huge. Because the amount of people, not even just the tips, the tricks, the resume help, interview question help, all that kind of stuff, it's just been very helpful. And then also even I've asked people about the departments they work for, what they like about it. So that's when I was looking for departments I want to work for. I took that into account, right, too. And just asking people questions you're curious about. I don't think there's never a dumb question. I ask a lot of questions. I genuinely enjoy learning about people and their story and how they came to find firefighting because everyone's different, right? We have so many different walks of life, so many different stories. Some people knew like, the day they were like 
out of high school. I'm going to firefighting. Then there's other people who came across a certain circumstance in their life and they saw a firefighter or they saw someone come off a truck and they're like, oh, that'd be a cool job. Or like myself, where someone saw it, that you could be a good firefighter. I wish I got into it sooner. I never thought of it as a career. I don't know why. I just never did. It was never suggested. I thought like policing because I like being active. I like different stuff every day, but yeah, I would never go, like, I would never go back. I'm, like, so happy that I chose firefighting, and I, I say that to a lot of people, too, so. You said when you were asking people for help that you mm. never really had anybody say no to mm. you, but along the way, was there anybody that ever told you, maybe outside of someone that you're actually asking for help that yeah. said you can't do that or you're not good enough for this? Were you meeting any blocks or negative attitudes like that along the way? Someone actually asked me this the other day, and he, we were talking about your podcast, because we were talking about podcasts. And he's like, oh, do you listen to multiple calls? Do you know Scott? I was like, I know Scott. <laughs> like, yeah, I know Scott. So he asked me, he said, you're very mature for your age. Like, what's your story? What's the chip on your shoulder? You know, when people have like a good story, you know what I mean? Like, that's what drives you. Mm. That's what makes you show up. In my head, I had to stop and think. I couldn't come up with anything. I, I couldn't, seriously not like people have said things about me but it's not my fuel like my fuel is to be a better me i know what i'm capable of i'm not gonna use the comments and stuff as fuel because those are gonna run out i've seen myself down low and i've seen myself at that point where i'm i know what it feels like to feel good every day so that's what and I, if i can continue to get better that's what i feel is my fuel and i don't have i don't look back and say oh this person hurt me or I've had people hurt me, I've lost people in my life. But I remember during my testing, I would think of my granddad and that kind of stuff just because I miss them. But that's my fuel to keep going rather than being someone said something poor about me. Because people have said things about me, but I don't take it as like fuel. I don't I don't need that. I'm uh, self-disciplined, self-motivated enough to kind of, and not in like a cocky way, but I wish everyone would feel this way. Because I think people, they don't understand how capable they are if they just stick to a plan, put the plan in place, remain patient, show up, do the mundane, boring tasks every day. Some days I don't want to work out. Some days I don't want to go for a run. Some days it's just running for five minutes and be like, okay, my legs are going to like, my quads are dying right now. But it's just like those things. It's like start. You're going to start loving something. Everyone has something they're passionate about. It's just doing the work to find it. You know, it's something I've been trying to model for the girls all the way along yeah. like with working out. Yeah. I'll say, oh, time to go downstairs and do what I don't want to do. So they know I don't actually want to do this, but I have to. And there's a reason for it. And yeah. then they see the outcome. They see the benefit of yeah. it. Yeah. And it's more of a, it's a habit. It's not motivation. I don't rely on like, oh, I feel great today. Like some days my central nervous system is fried. But I'm like, okay, I'll just go for a walk today and I'll be good. But then also speaking about like bringing up kids. That's why I remember speaking to a girl at work and her husband started getting back into working out because he was motivated by her chats with me and her chatting about working out. And she's like, oh, my son came up to me. It was so cute. My son came up to me the other day and was like, dad, I'm like, daddy is like flexing because he sees the dad working out. Right. So that's normal. It should be normal to see parents working out. And that's why I always say, I'm like, I'm going to have a home gym just so like my kids can see that working out is normal. I remember being in office environments. Haley's weird. She's going to work out. She's going for a walk again. I'm like, all right, guys, have fun. Or like you packed your lunch. Like, yeah, I did. So a lot of that is people projecting. Yeah, yeah. But it should be normalized that working out and that eating well is normal. 
it's not weird to want to feel good because I, I know what Haley down on the ground feels like. I don't feel well. And I know what Haley, when I eat well and train, like how good you can feel. And then especially with kids, you need to balance that out with positive body yeah, image. Yeah, yeah. And it's not about looking a certain no, way. Yeah. But it's about feeling but a certain feeling, way and being yeah. able to do the things you want to yeah, do. Yeah. So yeah. I've always tried to tie it to that. It's yeah. not about an aesthetic and it's about accepting your body yeah. and being happy that you're capable of doing yeah. the workout. So you actually go ahead and do it. So it's more of like, oh, I can go and deadlift a certain amount and I feel strong and I feel confident and that you get the endorphin rush and you go out of the gym feeling great. And then even if you're going like benching or running, I love fitness because there's always something else to learn. I can always put more weight on. I can always run quicker. I can always bike faster. I can always learn more. I can always be around better people that I can learn from. So just find good people who want to see you do well as well. That's like a lot of it. I hadn't thought about it in this way before, but it's interesting how other unhealthy coping mechanisms yeah. you may have the good feeling first what you think is the good feeling yeah. or that dopamine hit and then you get the bad feeling after but it's actually not a productive bad feeling but the reverse of being fit and working out is you get a lot of bad feeling yeah. ahead of the time and then afterwards it's all good it's just a flipping that in your mind yeah. of delayed gratification yeah half of working out and eating well is mindset and it's educating yourself. A lot of the stuff that I did for fitness is learning and learning from more experienced people. So hiring experts. And I think people need to understand that. So you hire someone or you would take a course. It's like hiring a personal trainer. You're learning from them. And the goal of our personal trainer shouldn't be that they are reliant on them forever, but they should teach you in a way where it's like you're setting them like free to do their own thing after. So I teach you the basics of fitness and then I will do your programming after so that you can work out on your own. So you don't have to pay me, but you should be self-sufficient in fitness and in nutrition. And I don't think we've been taught that. I think we're very reliant on other people in that way. But I hope that people truly see how important it is to work out and uh, treat themselves well because not only is good for yourself, but the people around you. And you'll have a more positive impact on other people around you. I feel like if I'm happy and I feel good about myself and I hang out with you and I'm projecting happiness and working out and fitness towards you. So then you go to your kids and then you do the exact, it's like a waterfall effect. And then you can have more of impact on other people. And then your girls feel good. And then they go to school and they have a better impact on other people, right? So I was with my buddy, we work out sometimes as a cop. He's like, how do you know everyone? I'm like, I just smile and I just say hello to everyone at the gym. And then you just see them in the community and you just, hello, like you never know like who you're gonna have a positive impact on, right? Like I just try to say hi to everyone. You never know what people are going through, so. And if you're not internally driven yeah. every single moment to work out, it's good to have all these other drivers, which would be other people, like yeah, you said, yeah, around yeah. you that are driving yeah. you or doing it for work. Yeah. Or some days you're doing it because you're thinking about your kids. So there's all these reasons that yeah. you can pull from. And if you have multiple reasons, then there's more chance that you're actually going to get the work done. That's a good thing too. It's I have a core group of people at the gym. They don't know they are my core people, but when I show up at five o'clock in the morning and I see them, they know too. Cause they'll call me out if they don't see me for a couple, like they'll probably see like, where's Haley right now? Cause I've been in, in Collingwood for the week. And then also just having, um, yeah, good support on that. And then. So how did you find a healthy balance for you with fitness and yeah. recovery and something that's sustainable? Originally, I was not very sustainable in my fitness. I think it was more of I had to be 100% all the time. And that was my mindset. More was always better for me. I don't I felt like I was in an adequate spot for firefighting sometimes with fitness for some reason. I don't know why, because I was really fit. 
but I always felt like more was better, like more running, more I bike all the time, more like weightlifting and stuff too. So just taking a step back and because I was also doing really active jobs too. So I did lose a lot of weight and then I needed to hire out. Like I, I knew how to lose weight clearly because I lost a lot of weight, got like tiny. And then I needed someone to help me put on weight and put on muscle, get stronger for my profession because that was my mission was to get hired to have a positive impact on other people too. So I accepted that I needed help. So I hired a personal trainer, helped me put on some weight, muscle, also like train specifically for the testing that we had to do for firefighting and also having people like Amber too. So I reached out to Amber at Fit by Fire and she helped me prep for the treadmill test, which we had no issues with on that. My cardio was good with that. So, but she personalized our program and we had a conversation about that. But also I remember reaching out to her for a sledgehammer portion of the test and she was just about to have the baby i was like hey like can i come over and we can prep a little bit she's like well i'm i'm gonna be due soon so no but i she sent me videos she sent me like paragraphs of just how to improve how to make sure i pass it the first time because i was going in there and i needed to get it done so if you're not where you want to be fitness wise and you can't get there i was at that point too like people would say, oh, you're really fit. And I, yeah, I was really fit, but I wasn't fit to be a firefighter. I accepted that and I referred out because I needed that help. So I invested in myself. I invested in my education. I got healthy. I passed all my testing. I'm at a great spot with my fitness now. So there's two extremes, but now I'm at a really good spot. Taking rest days more often and going out for fun. So running's fun for me. I have a running group that I go out with and not having to like sprint the whole time. It's just more of enjoyable, a social aspect. Biking, social as well too for me. Going to the gym and just partnering up with a couple buddies and we'll go and just do a leg day together or something. Like not being so serious all the time. And I think the biggest moment that made me realize I need to calm down a bit was we had a fire. It was at around six o'clock at night and it was a structural fire. It was a three split unit. So there's three section off, right? Bigger home. We were probably there for like six hours. And my mindset was, okay, I got to work the next day, but I'm going to sleep in a little bit. I'm going to work from home because my employer was really good with that. So I'm going to sleep in, get to the gym, go for an hour, just get it done. Right. And then work from home. And then, so we have a group chat for like the volunteer department. So the one guy texts, he's like, be ready round two. I was like, what do you, cause he works in the city or in the town. And he's like, oh, I'll be ready for round two. I was like, what are you talking about? So I'm on the way to the gym, just driving. And then I'm like, okay, I'm assuming he means something's gonna happen. So I'm just gonna head towards the hall. Like I'm already out. And then we get another call for the exact same place. So we go back. So six hours the night before and then a couple hours in the morning. And I was like, I can't work out right now. <laughs> I gotta work. And then, so I went after work just for an hour and I was like, okay, so I need to be more realistic as to what it's going to be like firefighting and doing this and enjoying fitness and making it be enjoyable and not so intense and strict all the time. So that's where my flexibility kind of came in with making sure that I'm more compassionate towards myself, not being so hard on myself, understanding that days, I always think of it, what's a hundred percent for this day? What can I give 100% to the day of? So I've had days where you're just tired. You're just, I show up, I put the work in, but not being hard on myself after has been like the biggest thing. If you're looking at being a firefighter, make sure you're fit. Like if you decide, I would say like the college stage. 
start working out, making a routine of it, two days a week, three days a week, build it up. I didn't start at, I work out a lot now, but I didn't start there, right? It's been eight years. I've been weightlifting for eight years. So start as soon as you can and build good habits, ask a lot of questions, watch people at the gym, learn proper form, and just make it a sustainable, healthy thing that you wanna do long-term. Don't go into it being like, this needs to happen now, make it too intense, and then you fall off the boat kind of thing. You need to make sure it's sustainable. And then what's based on your current life situation as well, too. People yeah, consistency need- doesn't mean every day. No, no. Some weeks it might be yeah, yeah. seven days a week because yeah. you feel great yeah. and recovering. And some weeks might be three days a week, but it's at least you're just every week you're doing something. Yeah. You're balancing it out. So that was when I was going through the interview process and then I was doing testing. My goal is just to show up. And I knew I had priorities. My priority was to get my testing done and get hired. But then I still need to work out. I still need to work on my relationships and take care of myself. So then those couple of things I had to take into account, like obviously hiring and making sure that that's key priority right now. It goes up and down. Right now I have free time, so I've been working out more. But before that I was really busy, so it kind of... It was still there. It was always there, but it was more being like, okay, hour in, get it done, and then let's keep going, keep going, and not being mad at myself for it. But I still had great workouts, but also when you have more time or less time, you need to be able to be more flexible and understanding that you can't always be at 100%, but it's like, what's 100% for that day kind of thing, so. I think we've all held on to it too tightly. Oh, where, yeah. oh, I got to eat every two hours. Oh, I got to get this workout in. It's leg day, yeah, yeah. right? There's all these parameters we put yeah. on ourselves and it gets very constrictive yeah. and it would be unhealthy. Yeah. I think there's definitely times in my life where it's been unhealthy because yeah. I've had this strict mindset and you yeah. find when you loosen up a little bit and figure out your body and yeah. adapt and stay consistent that not only will you maybe get the same results, you might actually even be better. And then less stress on you, right? Like the less you have better sleep and it's more than just fitness. It's every, like, there's so many different things that I think of now that are complete wellness like having good sleep hygiene having good relationships that's been a huge thing is I have a lot of good people in my life and I'm so thankful for that so like anytime I need just advice or just someone to talk to I can call someone I just have like a lot of good people and not even just firefighting just my community my friends my family as well everyone so just being more compassionate towards what fitness is to you and also just making sure you eat well don't go too far in one way and cut other things out but just making sure it's well balanced and that's like the biggest thing and some people are going to have more time than you and some people are going to have not have kids and just don't compare yourself to other people because other people you don't know what's behind the scenes you don't know what they're going through as well too and then you don't know what their life's like so maybe they do have more time and maybe you're a mom and you need to work out at home doing body weight stuff but that's okay that's still work out so just being understanding in that aspect as well too Speaking about good people, then mm-hmm. let's segue off of that and then talk about specific mentors yeah. that you come to mind and how they've helped you out along yeah. the way. So I've had, well, the Laffy family. That's the, the family that introduced me to firefighting. So it's my best friend growing up's dad. So he would always coach our softball games, and I was very close with her growing up. Yeah, he introduced me to the career, and I'm so thankful for that. His son is on Toronto as well, too, now. So that was a big thing for their family. And I remember, this is just like a side note, I remember I would always go to their house like we would just hang out me and Christina and then I didn't know like the firefighting schedule and I was like why is her dad always home like does he not work like yeah she like this is the schedule and I was like oh okay because he's been always doing like construction stuff too so yeah when I called him the other day to let him know that I got hired he was very excited so yeah I'm very thankful for them and 
for their help that they did for me. Also, Stoney, I know I'm going to name drop everyone here, but he's he better be okay with it. He says he didn't do anything to help me because he said, it's all, it's all you. I'm like, no, you've helped me so much. So he just helped me with resume prep, helping with cover letter, just being a good mentor. I think everyone needs a Stoney in their life because he's one of those people, you know, when you're like, you tell them something that you need help with. Where I so I was like, okay, I need help with testing because I need it to get hired. He would just keep me accountable, but in a way where it's like passive aggressive and it's funny. If I didn't get it, I know I would have let him down. I didn't tell anyone else that I got hired and I told him because I needed his accountability. I needed him to be like, hey, like you need to stick with it. So he's been awesome with that. Just in balance, like bounce ideas off as well, too. It's almost better to have people that instead of being mad at you, they're disappointed yeah. in you. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And I was like, I need someone to be like, Haley, like get it together. And he would always, I think, I don't know what it is. It probably just... I don't know what, but whenever I was struggling with firefighting or I felt down or I felt like, oh, like I'm never going to get an opportunity to like be full time, someone would text me like you would email me or something or text me something that kept me going or someone else would reach out to me saying, how's it going or like, how's your process going or just to follow up. And it was just, I don't know what it is, but it's perfect timing every time that just kept me motivated and people kept me consistent and showing up. And that's like half of it. It's just, it sounds boring, but it's like the mundane stuff that you have to do every day and interview prep, all that kind of stuff that makes you stand out, but also keeps you going. And that's like half the battle is just like continuing. Those are the ones who get hired or the ones that stand out, that keep trying and that don't stop and continue to learn and better themselves. So yeah, Stoney's been awesome for that. That's um, a great example of why you do need to have a support network around yeah. you because then you're not really leaning on one person for everything. Yeah. And all these people are giving you a little bit, which everybody can give yeah. everybody a little bit. It's when you have to give one specific person or everybody everything of yeah. yourself and you're spent. And I think you're giving less of what they need because you, you only have so much to give. But if it's spread around, you can give a little bit to everybody. And yeah. if everyone does that, then it builds everyone up. And then they also connect you with other people who can help too. So I, that's another thing. Stony connecting with other people as well too to help out. With my family and anyone in my life, I was really good at communicating how busy I was. So they, my family was so understanding because you know how it goes with interviews or anything really in firefighting when it's just nothing's happening and it seems like at once everything goes crazy. So just being able to communicate with, I don't, yeah, I don't have a single other, don't have kids, but telling my friends, hey, like I'm really busy right now. Like I can't really hang out or I can't do stuff. Like we need to coordinate around my schedule. So my friends have been great for that. Also with family, I let them know, hey, like really busy right now. I can't do as much stuff with you. I'll try to make as much. Just being very upfront and communicating that was really good because it takes stress off me and it lets them know that I'm not upset with them or anything, but just my life's busy right now just because they know how important the goal is for me. So good communication, especially if you're like in a relationship or have like kids as well, just making sure when you're going into firefighting, realistic about the timeline and being very communicative to the other person about what the situation is going to look like because it is very time consuming. It can take a lot of money as well too to get hired. So just being realistic about that as well too and having a plan in place and then being okay when the plan shifts because that happens a lot. And you mentioned how supportive your siblings have been. I hope everyone has a relationship with their siblings that I do, but they're awesome. Like we, we talk all the time. They don't live close to me, and I wish they did, but they've just been awesome. They're very hardworking, very driven people. We have a lot in common, too. We all like to work out, and they all continue to learn and progress themselves as well, too. So my brother, he played junior hockey growing up. He's a hockey bro, but is not a hockey bro because 
like he's a mechanical engineer and we always go to him for money advice like banking advice as well too he's very good financially so we ask him stuff and my sister she's an OR nurse so very smart with that kind of stuff as well too so anything medical I ask her and just very thankful for them and the, the relationship I have with them I'm really very and your volunteer crew has been supportive and mentoring you as well so my crew we I think we have one guy who's younger than me most of them are older so it's really it's nice because a lot of mentorship and they let me get on the tools they let me do like overhaul they let me go in they pair me up with experienced firefighters too they let me ask questions it's just i asked the one guy because i told them that it was nice that they let me do a lot of stuff because i don't know about other halls but being the rookie they kind of like throw me on the stuff which is nice and then but they won't do it in a way where if i don't know something they won't be like oh he doesn't know this they'll teach me and they'll show me how to do it and then they see where i need to improve on as well too so then they'll help me practice more on those kind of things i need to improve on very supportive of me and also i asked a couple of the guys to help me prep for the testing that you had to do for full-time a couple of the guys helped me out. Dane, he helped me out with prep. He's been a great teacher. He's a very good trainer. Very, He's very good at explaining stuff and kept me accountable. I remember, because I didn't see him for a bit because he just got hired full time. So he was doing recruit training and I didn't see him for a bit. And then he saw me, we were prepping before for testing. And then I saw he saw me a couple, like a year later, I would say, because he was gone for that long. And then he saw me, he's like, he's like, yeah, Haley, you're looking jacked. <laughs> Cause he saw me when I was really tiny. And he's like, I didn't know how to say it to you, but you need to put on some weight. And then we did some of the testing that I need to do. He's, you have no problem with this. Like you'll be fine. So it's people like that who they see that you put in the hard work. I put on the, the muscle, I practiced my testing and he was basically there just to help me out and be like a mentor or proctor kind of thing for that. So he was awesome for that. There's a couple other full-time people who've helped me out just with testing, just reaching out to them and asking them to show me technique on how to throw hose or how to do knots and stuff like that. Like I knew where I needed to improve on. So I asked higher ups who was good at what task and then I would ask them, we would break it down and then we would practice those skills. So then it was just mindless. That's why I wanted to go into testing mindless. So it would just be, I was so confident in myself and that was like nothing that I could just go and do it. So my crew has been really good with mentorship and they were very proud. It's been great. They, they've been awesome to me. So It's interesting how you mentioned how he wanted to tell you what you needed to do physically yeah. to get better for the job, yeah. but was inhibited because he was concerned because gender is a factor there. Because we want to get to the place eventually where we just talk as firefighters yeah. supportively, yeah. right? And constructive criticism, yeah. all of that. But it is a matter of fact that we're still in this place. We're working towards that, yeah. but we're still in a place where gender in some aspects and some departments yeah. in the service in general is still an issue. So he even wanted to be equally supportive and yeah. constructively critical with you, but was inhibited to do that because yeah. he was worried about how it would come across. So it wasn't even in a way the reverse would be yeah. hammering on somebody because they are of a certain gender yeah. or whatever the trait is you yeah. don't think that they belong yeah. there in a negative way yeah. and maybe not wanting to say the negative thing because of that or saying the negative thing because of that. But yeah. it was interesting how he wanted to be helpful and was inhibited in doing that because the gender was a fact. I don't think it was the gender thing. I think it was more the fact that like, I didn't know him that well. I see, you know okay. what I mean? It was more of like, we just kind of, like I didn't really know him too well in that aspect. I think it was more of that. I don't think it was, 
I've had family members and stuff like that tell me that like I need to put on weight to do the job well and I noticed it myself too and I think it was more the realization on myself but I really think I truly think just because he didn't know me that well it was nice when he said that to me though because I knew we were at like this beginning stage of like a friendship kind of thing so I wouldn't go up to someone and be like hey like you need to put on weight to do this job well I think it was more of the fact that like hey like I don't know you that well but like I tr I'm trying to be nice kind of thing but then once we had that relationship he was proud of me he even saw like your skills are better you can do these things so much better just when you're that size I didn't know how to tell you because we weren't like close in that mm -hmm. way right but now you kind of build that relationship with someone and you can be open like that with him I think that was mostly I don't think it was it was definitely not a gender thing mm -hmm. it was more of just like hey like we're kind of like just starting out to be like because I haven't been on the volunteer department too long mm -hmm. So I think it was more of just be like, hey, like we're kind of both like new friends, but like, by the way, like you, if you do this, you can be better kind of thing. Sure. But now I like people like that who are up front. And that's why I appreciate him saying that after. Cause I was like, now we have that relationship where he, if he sees something I need to work on or he'll invite me out to train with them. Cause it's something that he knows I need to work on, but not in a way where it's like, oh, like Haley needs to improve on this. But like, hey, I see you work hard. I see you are trying to better yourself why don't you come train with us kind of thing. So that's mm -hmm. what like I look for in mentorship and people I want to spend time with. So I think that was more of an assumption on my end because I've seen it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah, even yeah. experience yeah, yeah. it myself yeah. where I want to find a way to be constructively critical with yeah, somebody yeah. to help them. Yeah. And you know that unsaid thing is kind of yeah. hanging over it and yeah. you want to remove that from the interaction. You don't want the person to feel that way. Yeah. You just want to know that you're helping. So for me, it's always been the skills are the thing. We go out and we do the skill you're super supportive in doing yeah. the skill and you let the, the person realize themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That self-awareness that, yeah. Oh, this is difficult for me yeah, yeah. and no one needs to tell them that because yeah. they're actually experiencing it themselves. Yeah. So I've actually, I found that in some skills, I have to do them different way. Like I have to just do them differently. Right. I find ways that work well for me. Does that mean taking extra time to train on my own? Does that mean asking for help? But there are things that I need to do differently. And then constructive criticism should never be, I never think, I don't even believe in constructive criticism. Like, you're telling me something because you care about me and then you want to see me do better is how I see things. I always tell even any employer, if there's something you see that you want me to improve on and it's like you're, you care enough about me to tell me that. So like, thank you. Like I did a project for the municipality and um, I did a council presentation and the CAO asked me after to come to talk to him about just how it went. I wasn't nervous and he told me just some th tips. He's like, great job, but by the way, just letting you know, here are some tips to how to improve. I think it's weird when people don't give you feedback because it's like, I'm not perfect. So I, there has to be something that I can improve on and I love improving myself. So can you mm -hmm. please tell me something? <laughs> so it's all, never, I never see it as criticism. And I, even it's like, even like relationships, friendships, it's just being open and communicative and then being able to have that relationship with someone. I think that's what tr like, true love is, is being able to tell someone that they've fallen off on something or that there's something that you see that they can improve on. If you truly like care about someone, you want to see the best for them. The people I care about in my life, I will tell them those things because I truly care about them. And that's what I feel like being a good person is, is helping other people around you. It is still common where people are saying, well, I'm not in a place to help anybody or instruct anybody yeah. or hand over information until I've been on X number of years. Yeah. I felt like an imposter for like a while because I was like, I don't have, I haven't been on that long. Like when you asked me to be on like a podcast, I have fire experience, but not as to the extent as a lot of the people you've had before. But then I spoke to 
someone about like, but you have experience getting on and like helping and mentoring people and you've gone through the whole process recently like i think everyone has a unique story i hope people listen to this and say like oh like it is possible to get on full time and you can kind of change just some mindset stuff too right yeah and that's when i asked even the two rookies yeah. that i'm close friends with yeah. now and when we did that episode i kind of yeah. had to convince them like you need to look at it this that there's people not behind you but yeah. are coming up underneath you that will learn from you we can always hand over something to somebody so you don't have to wait until you've been on 20x years to say well now i can start handing over all the information so and that's why i asked you that's why i asked them that's why i'm going to continue to ask people at different stages in their careers and journeys to come on and talk about it because someone's going to benefit from it i just think that was super cool too that you didn't approach this with well i you know i really shouldn't or i can't and that you knew that you have what you have to offer and someone's going to benefit from it i get a lot of people who reach out asking where, how do they start? How do you get into firefighting? About my journey, what school I went to, those kind of things, and what courses I've taken, how do I improve my resume, like all that kind of stuff too. So to me, that's enjoyable. My free time, I either am working out or doing firefighting stuff, or like I love coaching and mentorship, training people. So that's just the things I'm passionate about because I like seeing other people do well. I'm never in competition with anyone else. I remember people, but oh, if I hand out stuff, if I give my resume, like this is the resume that helped me. It's what they do with it. Are they also improving themselves to get hired? It's a, You can always give people things and it's what they do with it. And also like how hard they work for it. One resume is not going to get you hired, but it could be a compounding effect to get you hired if you put in the other work for other stuff. Right. And then just asking questions too. That, that's been like a big thing as well too. That's something I would hand over to recruits on day one when I was teaching yeah. and training officer was okay listen the competition's done just you need to get rid of that mindset yeah. you're not against each other yeah i guess they were but they weren't that's a common yeah, mentality yeah. and now we're in this team environment yeah so if you're really good at something and someone's not you need to be supportive oh, yeah, and yeah. switch that flip that switch yeah. this is a new phase let's uh and that's what you need to approach when you're on a crew so let's just put that behind us that yeah. was a phase and now let's have a new mindset at the start i did feel the competition thing i felt like i was a competition between everyone else but i got to the point where if someone else does well, they can help me eventually. And if I do well, then I can help other people eventually. You'll get hired eventually if you keep working hard, be patient, reach out to the right people, and just keep working hard. I'm always in competition with myself, even at the, like the gym. If I see someone with a good like deadlift or squat, or they work really hard, I'm not like, oh, I wish I looked like that, or I wish I could do that. I'm like, what is, what can I do? And if I wanna learn how to do that, why don't I just ask them? If you find people who are passionate about, say, like, I'm passionate about firefighting and fitness. If someone came up to me and asked me about that, I could talk all day long. Like about, we are. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like, if you ask, if you find the good people who want to talk to you about what they're passionate about, they'll talk all day long about it, right? Mm-hmm. So just find those people who are willing to do that. And then if you want to learn from them, I'm not hiding anything. If people ask me about how I got hired or how I got into fitness and that kind of stuff too, I'll tell anyone about it. It's it's not a secret. It's online. And, or like if you put in the time and research, it's out there. So. Sure. You mentioned resumes. So why don't we just take a step back yeah. now and then chronologically sort of walk me through like jobs you had and okay. what you took from each of those and yeah. how they apply to what you're doing now. I started working at the age of 13 as an umpire. So umpiring was so fun. It made me a lot more confident in my skills and just being assertive 
And even if I did a really bad call, uh, you have to just remain confident. And then you would get challenged, well, not ch- like challenged, yeah, by adults who are like 50, like 40. I'm like 13 year old kid. I'm like, all right, yeah. Say that we got like a strike or something and it was like a ball and you'd be like, strike. And then it was a ball or something like, no, I'm like, no, it was. Yeah. Like I'm confident. Yeah. And you just, you go with it. You just or you run. could have played the, I'm 13. What do you yeah, expect? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm not paying enough here. But um, yeah, I would just, just go with it and be confident in your skills. And it also taught me just teamwork, how to work in not the greatest weather and be kind of more assertive. Like as a 13 year old, it was a good, like a good job. I loved it and uh, start the summer. I also did a bit of landscaping and some hardscaping as well too. So landscaping was throughout high school. That was fun. We just cut grass, shoveled snow and stuff like that. So just being out in other elements and just hard work. Did some hardscaping last year. Like I got really lean too. I was not eating enough because I forgot how much calories you can burn. Yeah. So I could do the work, but I see, I look back again, like another pivotal moment. You look back and you're like, okay, this is, now I need, I know I need to change because the things that used to be easy for me are not easy for me. So now like I can do all that stuff now cause I'm like strong and healthy. That's another pivotal moment that I need to change. Like people will have those moments. Talking to Dave last night mm. about calories and, yeah. and work and output and it's, how it seems weird. Like he's, cause he's biking so yeah. much and burning so many calories mm. in a day that it seems strange to like eat dinner and then chase it with two bowls of cereal. Well, yeah, honestly. But then you just, half the time it was just for me, the education fact, I didn't know how much I need to eat. For me, cardio is like a suppressant for hunger. A lot of people will get hungrier with cardio. For me, because you're out in the sun, like doing landscaping, you're in the sun. The last thing I want to do is eat like a big meal because you're hot, sweaty. I just want water. So I wasn't eating enough calories. So then that's why I referred out because I needed help with the nutrition. So that's why I got a coach to help me with the nutrition and then the proper weightlifting schedule. Did you ever experience where you were drinking too much water and you you were losing electrolytes? Was that never an issue? I would just drink. Yeah, I would just drink electrolytes, but I've never Mm. felt like, I know some people get a little, like a little heat stroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I never had that. And then I, out of university, did some like project management job, administrative, managerial roles, worked at a place that we used to sell like firefighting equipment and fire apparatuses and stuff like that. So just doing the specs and understanding how to work with municipalities, met some fire chiefs through that as well too. I also worked as a community support worker. Honestly, I got paid. I always say, I'm like, I got paid to be a mom. It was awesome. Like I would just do errands with them, cook clean, go grocery shopping. Sometimes, because they have intellectual disabilities, a lot of them, or um, say like bipolar or schizophrenia. So there would be instances where you'd be in crisis situations. So that taught me a lot of patience, how to communicate well with people who do not communicate as you and I would. So just learning how to work with each individual was a big thing as well too. So learning how they communicate, learning what they like to eat, what they like to do in their free time. So just go and do fun stuff with them, take them out like the minivan, go to Tim's or something like that. So it was a very rewarding job because some days they would have their bad days and you could tell. So then I knew how to interact with them on those days, but some days, They'd be so appreciative and, oh, thanks for supper and all that kind of stuff. And you see their smile and stuff like that. There's so much benefit from learning how to meet people where they're at and accepting the, the realities yeah. of the moment and then finding out how to support them properly. Yeah. So how applicable is that to firefighting? A lot. It is the customer service, right? Like I'm helping a patient. 
some of them couldn't even walk on their own. Like they were an extension of me. Like I was helping them kind of thing. Right. So like helping them walk, helping them on the walk or helping them eat, take medication and also just being able to take good document, like noting stuff because mm-hmm. we'd always have to track everything, giving medication as well too. And also there'd be situations where one guy would be on the couch, two seconds later, he'd be in the shower and then one guy would be trying to get in the fridge, then I'd be cooking dinner, and then I'd be running all over the place. So, but it kept it entertaining. You build a relationship with them. Like, I miss them. You build a relationship with them because you're ca- taking care of them, right, too, and they're very appreciative of this stuff as well, too. And then you get patience, a lot of, like, crisis stuff, too. You see, like, a lot of things. Like, we will see us firefighters and people in crisis situations, so that really kind of walked me into it easier yeah yeah like de-escalating dealing with um police and stuff like that as well too so uh, but besides that it was a very rewarding job just to be able to help people i don't mind cooking i love cooking cleaning and everything like that too so they just watch tv i'd go around cook some dinner (laughs) clean the house a bit i'm like this is sweet (laughs) little screen time just like yeah, I just put on the TV and just go <laughs> and walk around everywhere. But yeah, it was awesome. And then I just finished a contract with the municipality. I always felt really awkward because I knew my goal was full-time fire. And I felt like in the past, going to all my employers, I never really told them just because you're like kind of compiling all your certs and everything. But I never hit it. It wasn't just like upfront, like, hey, by the way, I'm uh, trying to be full-time. But I went into this job because I was a firefighter volunteer with the municipality and also work for the municipality that they knew I was trying to get full-time so that turned into them just being really supportive and also I really liked it because they believed in my abilities to complete all my projects like there was no hand-holding ever it was like this is what we want what do you think and they gave like full reign to do anything and then I, I would just ask for feedback hey can we meet to discuss this you want your employees to be able to do well on their own but also just like mentor and guide them so that was really nice because it was more of not watching over and like what are you doing it was more like this is what we were kind of looking for can you can you do this and we really like your work so that was a lot of it and then any days off like I needed for firefighting they were awesome with so it was really they were really like happy for me too which was really good so how have you found now using social media and putting yourself out there to be a coach in a lot of ways for other people i like to keep to myself i don't know like i seem like i'm i am outgoing but i do like to be i'm a little introverted in the same way i need my like Haley time this whole week i've kind of just i've been meeting up with people but a lot of time i've just been hanging out by myself i really enjoy because like it gives me time to think about who I like, who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I know who I am really well. I don't mind like working through things, anything that's troubling or anything that I'm overthinking. I'll just go out for a walk and just think through things. But social media, it's been a good way to connect with a lot of other firefighters for me just around like even Ontario and then also with chiefs and stuff like that firefighters who are higher ranking one as well too just to connect with the fitness especially too I find that a lot of them will post on social media about their fitness and ask questions about that kind of stuff too and I think it's been a great way to showcase how important it is for us to remain fit for our profession just to show the demands be realistic and then also how it can be fun and enjoyable but it's been a great way to connect with other people and I know it's been a good way to highlight how to train for our profession as well too so have you found that you're now kind of in the role 
for some people where Amber was in the role for you? Yeah, I find that people reach out for fitness stuff and I, I do love it because I love talking about fitness. So people do reach out to me. I always try to help them as best I can. And I eventually want to, like, I love training people too. So I always say... I want to train specifically firefighters and first responders because that's what I'm passionate about. And I think that's what I know best just because I know the how to train for the testing. I know how to train for the job, right? And that's what I'm passionate about. And it keeps me motivated to keep training. That's one thing I love about firefighting too is that there's always something I need to remain healthy for besides just my kids, like future kids and like future family and stuff like that. And just for myself, but also like in the back of my head, I don't want to be reliant on anyone as well either. Just like you get to a point in your life, you might be reliant on walkers and stuff like that too. Like I don't want to get to that point. I want to be able to be functioning with my grandkids. And or at like, least to minimize the amount of time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So that's like the biggest thing too. It's I think people need to think about long-term as well too. It's like what what's your quality of life long-term? I hope that people look to my account and think she did the nine to five stuff, but she also worked out still. And like you can do that kind of stuff. But also, if people have questions about firefighting fitness and they, they want to improve themselves or improve their fitness, that you can reach out to people like Amber. You can reach out to people like me or people who are doing, like, firefight competitions or people who just generally work out as firefighters, that we have experience remaining fit for, like, our profession. So if you want to, if you have questions, feel free to reach out and stuff like that. So that's why I, I hope to continue to show and portray to people that it's important to stay fit for our profession and that... If you have questions, reach out to people because we're more than willing to help. Do you have favorite skills that you're doing in firefighting that you always love doing that that's kind of your wheelhouse? And do you have any other ones that are challenging that you're still really trying to master? I would say knots are my one I'm challenged a little bit on that. So, um, but I've been, like, I have good people who help me on that kind of stuff. Like the fitness and the nutrition stuff, I love about firefighting. But there's so many aspects of firefighting that I love. But I haven't found that one, you know, that when you find that one thing that just clicks, and I think it is like the fitness aspect of it. But I also, there's so many other things that I love about firefighting. That's why I like firefighting so much is because I can't, most people, you don't master just one thing. There's so many different things in the job that you can do really, really well at. But then there's someone who comes up with a new technique or there's someone who shows you something new from a different department. There's always continuous learning is what I love about firefighting because I'm never, you can't ever just stop. Like, there's always better people to learn from. There's always new things to learn. And it's always challenging. And there's trying to find ways that you could do it well. So I think one of the things I love about firefighting so much is that it's you're always learning. And there's yeah. always more to learn. As much as you want to learn as many of the skills you yeah. can, especially the basics, usually yeah. there are some key things that people are drawn to. Yeah, like, yeah. some people are... Thank God some people are really into hazmat yeah, yeah. because I'm not. No, no. So I'm really grateful for those people. Yeah. Some people are really, if you want to look at the, the American model, like truck work yeah, and yeah. saws yeah. and fourth century and that kind of stuff yeah. and search. So I guess I was searching for, no pun intended, if you haven't found it yet, are yeah. you kind of drawn to want to really dive really deep on a specific one? Yeah, I do like the search and rescue a lot. And then also just like generally just teaching like and being a trainer, I think would be interesting one day. And helping with that but yeah search rescue i do like auto x as well too that's really cool and then fourth laundry is cool as well too but i'm excited because i know the the recruit training that i got with my volunteer department just because it was during covid it wasn't to the extent of what it will be when i get when i'm on full-time right so i'm i'm excited to do a full recruit class and just find what like i'm really really passionate about because i know like what I'm interested in, but it just, I, there's a, there's going to be that moment where you're like, this is what I'm meant to like click right into. So um, 
I know like a lot of people have that and you have like the experts in like separate fields, but I think I'm going to be searching for that more once I get the full time going because the volunteer stuff right now, it is enough, but I could do this like every day. Right. But the extent of the calls that we get, it's not as much as it would be with a, like a full time department. So I'm excited for that. How was it first getting on the volunteers and getting the pager and then first responding to calls? Like how was that whole experience of a whole new phase of your life? I remember they were hiring. So I applied and then I saw two of the guys wearing shirts at the gym. So I walked up to them. I was like, hey, I was firefighters like, don't yeah. do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, um, you guys are hiring, right? I so put I, this on in the dark. Yeah, what, what do you mean? It's just this old thing. But um, so I went up to them. I was like, hey, like you guys are hiring. So just I tried to make that connection with them. So that if they talked to like chief about any resumes they saw that they kind of knew my name. So I got on there and then recruit training was during COVID. So it was just me and two training officers on my um, station. So it was me, AP and Dirt. So they just trained me, did all the sign offs, did the fitness testing. And then I was given the pager. Yeah, it was interesting. I would say it's probably a lot different. Like I, I haven't, I don't know what it's like full time yet, but waking up in the middle of the night and hearing that thing go off, it's like, uh, oh, <laughs> like you just, you sometimes, you know, until you get used to it, yeah, it's interesting. And then I started to clue into things that I needed. So some of the rookie mistakes I made, not having socks. So don't do that. Going into a structure fire and having no socks on for and walking around for a couple hours. It's not fun. So I got n- nice blisters from that. Always make sure I have socks in my locker and in my car now. On call weekends, I make sure I have everything like set up because if it's in the middle of the night, I just need to book it. So I just put everything in one corner of everything I'll need if I get a call and then just grab everything and run. I've had a couple people, I know one guy, he said he woke up the one night and heard the pager go off and ran to a wall. <laughs> so <laughs> there's been like those kind of stories, but you get used to it. We do pager tests on Wednesday, still not used to that because they changed it from sun- or Saturdays to Wednesday. So I'll be out at like six o'clock and the pager will go off and I'm like ready to run. It's like just a pager test. I'm like, all right, play that off. Because like, <laughs> I'll be in the gym or something and people are staring at me <laughs> like, oh, right, false I'm, alarm. Yeah, I'm good guys, I'm good. But yeah, it's been a good experience. And if you're interested in, if anyone's interested in getting on volunteer, I know it's different for every volunteer department. Best thing would be just to reach out to your volunteer department, ask the chief to meet with them if they can, or ask like the fire administrator just about the process and what they're looking for in volunteers. Some volunteer departments are more competitive to get onto. Some look for just basic qualifications, just being a good person, hardworking person. Some will need more extensive. So I got on, when I got on the volunteer department, I had all my certs. So I didn't do any of them through the fire college. I did my DZ, EMAR, all my fire stuff prior to getting on. So I had all that. So I was basically just going through the recruit training. So that was more of just me learning the trucks, learning their equipment, working with their crew, just getting familiar with how they did everything there. Realistically, I didn't need to go through the recruit training, but it was I needed it because I need to know how they wanted things done and how everything was set up there, So, which was really helpful to get to learn. So, Have you had any challenges that you've faced and overcome along the way to becoming that desirable candidate? I was not patient at first. I was expecting it to be, this is me just mm-hmm. kind of like oblivious to it, being able to get my certs done quicker and then it happening faster than it did. 
anyone out there just be patient have a rough timeline as to when you think you can get things done and just don't give up you just have to keep like keep going towards it because some people will just give up after a couple of years so the biggest thing is just keep going it'll take time it's like anything if you want to lose weight if you want to put on muscle it just takes time and correct education if you don't know things you have to refer out by hiring someone I also let it take over certain aspects of my life so it'd be very it's all encompassing because you're you want to get hired on so I took over some aspects of my life but then finding a good balance after so I found a really good balance with making sure that fire was always there but also I was good with my job fitness and stuff like that too so but that's just realizing that you can't live like that long term I made those changes after coming to that realization and then ever since that I had no issues with that especially if we're all or nothing people which yeah, we yeah. tend to be and then fire fit and combat <laughs> yeah. challenge can be like that yeah. right you yeah. could you could find a balance and compete at whatever level you want yeah. but a lot of us take it to the extreme yeah. like we do with everything everything yeah. and it can take over your life yeah. right it's so. either like zero or a hundred if right. i like something it's a hundred if it's <laughs> if i don't like something it's zero so it's i always give my buddy like he wants to go boxing with me i'm like i don't like boxing but I, like i started to like like golf so i'm like a hundred so it's like there's no in between it's either no or yes so <laughs> but it's a good it's a good thing because it just shows you're like dedicated and stuff like that too but it's finding a good balance as to being more realistic with your time and um, how much you can actually give right, mm. to that not reaching out to mentors sooner and networking so i spoke with my chief on the volunteer department she told me how a lot of her success came from mentorship and networking so ever since that day okay how do i network so i just went out and would just try to connect with anyone i could and i found so much help with people who just connect me with other people for interview prep for helping with that kind of stuff yourself just connecting with other people in the fire service people who specialize in certain things that could just improve me as a candidate and also help me stand out because I think a lot of people don't think that about mentorship and networking because everyone knows each other in fire services I don't know <laughs> everyone does so making sure that you keep that into account and then if you have good people who connect with they can connect with other people and it makes you a better applicant too because you have more experiences and examples to go off as well I used to also say yes to a lot of opportunities that didn't align with my goals so just refining what was important to me. That came from a lot of self-reflection and understanding who I, like, who I am as a person. So just having my core set of values and then making sure that anything I do aligns with that and being okay with saying no. I used to say yes to everything because I felt bad. Not like pity or anything, but I was like, oh, like I'll try to make time for it. But now it's more of, if, is it gonna help align with what my goals are and what my values are and my mission? with the fire service with my health fitness and just generally like helping other people does it align with that and then i'll proceed with it kind of thing so just making sure i stuck with those things i always used to take failure as really hard i would always think i'm not able to do that skill but then i changed my mindset as well too towards what failure is so if i wasn't good at a skill again i would just ask help for help from someone who's better at it than me and then if I fail the test or something, don't take it hard. There's gonna be instances where you're not gonna hear back from a department or you're gonna stop at one stage of the interview process and it's gonna be like feel defeating, but also when you get into it, you have to understand there's gonna be situations like that where it's gonna be a hard stop or you're gonna have 
issues with some testing or something as well too so if you need help ask for help and then just revise a plan and don't see a failure it's just an opportunity to revise a plan and start over and then go into their confident and fresh and ready to go failure in our culture is still very much seen as an end yeah but i think it's just an opportunity to kind of look at your plan obviously it didn't work that time but it's not just done you can look, you can revise a plan. It might take more practice. But then I remember my dad, because there was an issue I was having with one of the testing. He said, I told him that, and it was just frustrating because I couldn't do it well. And he said, okay, so what do we need to do? Like, how can I help you? What plan do we need to put in place, and how can I best help prepare you for this? Now that I, he offered that, I was like, now I can't let my dad down. <laughs> so i okay, like, let's figure it out. So then I just, because I could do fitness. I could program my programs and I could work through a training program like day to day, right? So I broke it my training down as to how I would program for fitness. So I would just see it as like I'm just going in to practice these skills for this long and then I would break it down. So like you would say like you're practicing like a squat. So you would take a, like a dumbbell squat instead and break it down that way for 20 minutes I'll work on knots or I'll work on climbing up with the ladder on my shoulder kind of thing. So breaking it down so that when you compile it all together, you get a nice squat, right? Like you break it down and then you are able to do a squat with proper form. So like seeing my training as that way and breaking it down made it easier to get things done for me. So it's such a great skill that most people see the breadth of what's in front of them yeah. and it's instant overwhelmed. Yeah. It's like, how do I work through this program? It's like step back and then just break it down. And do you need to practice your knots more on one section to be able to tie off your halyard kind of thing like is that going to be it or how do we like a hydrant lay or something how do you throw a hose properly or how do i connect with the hydrant properly or efficiently right so it's breaking down those skills and then going from there and then compiling them all together I asked you about people that maybe were barriers to you or blocked you yeah. in, in general but you mentioned in your write-up to me about cutting toxic people and negativity out of yeah. your life. So maybe just expand on that. Again, with the saying yes to everything, I would allow people who are toxic, just negative attitude. And I didn't, I didn't want that in my life anymore. So just removing people who don't want the best for you. Cause I want, I generally want the best for other people. So those are the type of people I want in my life too, who want the best for me. So just being okay with removing the people who act like they want the best for you. They're good at hiding that behind their face kind of thing. But just being okay with saying no to some people, I think, is a big thing. Not in, like, a way, like, I still love a lot, like, the people. But just be setting boundaries more. is more of just saying, like, this is the boundary that's in place. And then going from there kind of thing. And, and being okay with it was the biggest thing. But just communication and communicating this is not all right. Or just putting up a boundary so that you can put focus on yourself first. Does that mean, like, if your partner's not supportive of you going into firefighting because it's taking up too much time? It's like, this is important to me. And just communicating that this is important to me, making sure that they're on, you're on the same page. Then that's like half of it is just having that conversation and making sure that they're aware of what's happening as well, too. And, you know, if you've put it out clearly that then it's not on you no. to make them respond in a certain way. Like yeah. they have to meet you halfway. Now it's on them. Yeah. You've put it out, now they can meet you equally. Exactly, yeah, yeah. As an adult. I think that's a big thing. And just having 
attracting good people in my life who want to see you do well, who want to do well for themselves and ask those questions where, hey, Haley, how do I run and weightlift on the same day? Or, hey, can I come out for a 5K with you? I'm trying to learn how to run. Like I have one girl at the gym who asked me to go for a 5K and she was having issues with just getting the 5K done. So I told her, turn off your watch. You don't look at your watch, you run. I'll pace you. I'll tell you when we get 5K, Let, let's just go. So then she fit, did her first 5K that day and I just talked to her the whole time because I can talk a lot. <laughs> so I just talked to her all the time and because you need that distraction a lot of mm-hmm. time. So I'm capable of running a 5K fine. So I was just, okay, let's just go. And then she felt great after that. And then those are the things that make me happy where it's like her little win. Now she continues to progress, right? And then she'll ask you questions or you see them all on the trail. I saw her running the next day after and I was out for a walk and I was like, yeah, she's like, (laughs) I'll text you later. Yeah. So just like those little things that I don't search for those things, but it's just, I just like, like I like helping people. And if it's, especially if it's in fitness or firefighting, like I'm, I'm totally okay with that. So it's just surrounding yourself with people who want to learn and improve themselves. They don't have to be on the same stage as you, but just they want to improve themselves and they're interested in what your story was as well too, so. I know you're big proactive yeah. on mental health, but have there been instances with yourself or family and friends along the way that have been lessons learned and things you've adapted to and overcome or watch them overcome yeah. or help them through their struggle? Personally, no. Like. I haven't really had any instances with like mental health and I'm very thankful for that. I think fitness, knowing who I am as a person has really helped me with that. Just the stress relief of fitness has been like awesome for me. I feel off if I don't do something active and you know the feeling if if you don't move, like even a walk, like I went for a walk this morning. I was like, I need to move my body. But I've also had, my grandfather had Louis body dementia. He, it's a more of a, like a very aggressive form of dementia. So after two years after his diagnosis, he passed away. So just seeing like someone who was, um, he was a carpenter, I think they moved from England when my dad was 15. So he was a carpenter. My granny was a nurse. So they moved here. He was active, worked out. I remember he was like 65 and had like a six pack. I'm like, I mean, back of pictures were like, what the heck? <laughs> I was like, that's cool, but very fit family. I would see him, but I wouldn't see him enough to kind of see it gradually. So anytime I would go see him, it would be like a a very big difference, right? Because dementia or for Lou body dementia, it's very, it's quicker. My granny would go, this is is so adorable of her, but I, I, it was really hard for my granny because I was her first like love. They moved from England here. They were, they just had them too. They had my aunt and my dad and they lived in London. It just like showed me what it means to truly care about someone, the way that she cared about him and what she would go to the 24 seven care, especially with Louis body, you get, they don't sleep well. They become violent as well too. So she couldn't look after him on it, her own. She would have, she would have, she could have, but she would go probably open to close visiting hours and just care for him all day. And it was like feed him and everything too that just showed me like what it really means to really care about someone like it was sad to see like him and his health but also it was was nice to see like that really exist yeah so that was one mental health struggle and just trying to help my granny through that it was hard for us but now we're I think we're a lot closer because of it now you mentioned there was a brief moment of clarity for him though at one point when you went to visit so I'd always go there and he would always refer to my granny as like, oh, we're getting a fiance, like his fiance, right? Cause he, he would forget. So we're getting married soon. And my granny would be like, oh yes, like it's so cute. She's like, yes, Tony, like we're getting married soon. And he was looking at me and my granny was talking to him. I remember she said, oh, Haley's here to see you. Like I hadn't seen him in a bit. 
it was like nothing there was nothing there and then two seconds later he, he like clues in he's like Haley, like oh like i missed you and then two seconds later just fully gone wow. yeah so it just shows you that's another reason why i take care of myself because i saw him take care of himself so well and then something like this happened to him mm-hmm. where it's like so I, i'm in the driver's seat of taking care of myself mm-hmm. keeping myself healthy by f- working out eating well having good relationships all that kind of stuff good sleep so i'm in the driver's seat of that and i can control it as best as I can. Because some people might see it as, well, this is going to happen anyway, yeah. so it's not worth it. Yeah. But maybe it would have happened to him 10 years sooner if he hadn't exactly. taken care of himself properly. Yeah, yeah, so that's like another thing in the back of my head. That's why I take care of myself so well, and I hope other people do, is because you don't know what it's going to be like down the road. I always think of it, I always think I'm an asset. Like, you're an asset to someone. You know what I mean? Like, you like, someone cares about you, and then no matter what you're in, like, someone looks up to you. And someone relies on you and loves you. So it's why not like be there 100% and care about yourself so that you can be there for them as long as you can. And that's the biggest thing. That was a huge realization for me. And that keeps me fueled to keep looking after myself. So I just posted last night about knowing your value yeah. and, and respecting yourself and valuing yourself, having boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Like when I say like negative people, it's more of having like boundaries and like setting those up. And understanding that it's okay to have me time and it's not selfish. And I think that a lot of people think fitness and eating well it can be selfish. You need to take care of yourself too so that you can be a better person for the people you care about. Because if you feel good, then they're going to feel good because you're showing up as a better person. Mm-hmm. So that's like, it's it's crucial because then your kid's going to go to school happier. Every time I'm on the trampoline with the girls yeah. or we're in the beach and I'm throwing yeah. them in the water around, like yeah. they're benefiting yeah. from me. Because they're having fun that. and you're able to do that kind of stuff with them, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they'll they look back and think of those times and they're like, oh, with, with dad, we used to do... Like when I went golf, I went golfing with my dad yesterday because I'm trying to get back into it and he taught me when I was a kid. So I was like, okay, he can teach me again. <laughs> so I went with him and we just went for an hour and then just hung out and just like those things he can fully like help me learn how to play golf and just spend that time so i remember when we were i was a kid doing that kind of stuff so now i'm going to remember like when i'm older with that relationship i have with my dad right it's just those little things and it it makes him happy too because we have that time together right so that building memories with your kids or your parents or we tend to maybe think that that's like oh we're building memories with our kids but we never stop building memories with people that continues all the way through your life. And I think the switch where I had, you get to the point where your parents are like, you're not a kid anymore. And it's weird because then you're like, you hang out with them as like you're an adult now, yeah. which I love because I love hanging out with them. So yeah, it's always, I always found it interesting. Even with my grain now too, like I'm not just a kid to her anymore, I'm an adult. So it's always interesting to see when they get that stage. It's funny how it, it tends to be a bit of a balance mm-hmm. because your parents will always see you as yeah. their child. Yeah. And sometimes you feel like you're 15 yep. and it's nice. Sometimes you feel like you're 15 and it's not so nice. Yeah. <laughs> But then there is, yeah, that new phase of mm-hmm. friendship and peers yeah, yeah. and or even as your parents age, it sometimes can switch where then you're taking care of them. Yeah, yeah. It's so that's why we try to avoid and keep healthy and where you like be out of that phase as long as you can. Sure. So, yeah, that you don't have to look after. Like I, that's what the kind of goal should be for a lot of people is just how, how long can you be on your own for? You mentioned having a class project in grade 11 and you actually chose mental health. Yeah, so I did. it was always sort of important to you at some point. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but we in human geography class, it was pick um, something that's going to be a detriment to human society or something like that. 
and I picked mental health. And I went to the dollar store and I got masks and I put on the front of the side, like on the front, it was nothing. They were all the same. But then on the back of them, they were each a different like bipolar disorder or depression. And then I remember um, growing up, one of my friends, one of my best friends growing up, he, uh, they struggled with depression. It was interesting because it was gradual. It, it was, I saw it from the perspective of being their best friend. I could see how gradually they would stop showing up for class. And then they would stop showing up to hang out with friends and that kind of stuff. And then I got called in to see the, the school counselor. Mm-hmm. So they just wanted to make sure I was okay because the individual had dropped out of school. I knew it was happening, but I didn't, I think I was just like blind to it because I didn't understand what it was. Or you couldn't name it. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand what it was. And then I thought I was okay. But again, it, it impacted me because I had a, my best friends not no longer at school. And then... I did have people to spend time with, but it was also like a piece of you was kind of missing because you're used to having that person every day to hang out with. And my first exposure, I would say, to mental health and just seeing how they progressed throughout the depression and their their changes and their mood changes. Also, just he would sleep all day and then be up all night, so I couldn't hang out with him because so like that would also impact his health as well too because he wouldn't have. Like relationships and stuff like that right because you had a different schedule so just like seeing those types of things and that was yeah I think the first time ever kind of close to me someone was struggling so but I do get people now ask about like going to the gym and having anxiety regarding that I think because I had my sister to start working out with and like eight years ago we started working out together I never felt like gym anxiety I was always just my form was probably horrible <laughs> and it's <was> probably embarrassing <laughs> but uh, besides that I never had like, I never felt out of place at a gym but I do have people reach out how do I get more comfortable in the gym I think most of it's just knowing what to do so educating yourself making sure you know what you're going in to do for that workout and also just going in confident talk to people I used to be really bad at talking to people so I made a goal for myself just to talk to one new person every day when I went to the gym so that's why I talk to everyone at the gym now because I just would naturally just talk to everyone so talk to front desk reception or talk to uh, someone doing good form or something so that helped as well too I think for me I never I've never felt crippling anxiety but I think a way that I think of it, because I do get anxiety if I do like testing. So say if I go to do my uh, firefighting testing, I'm anxious. I view it more in as a way that is natural. And I, how do I work through this? Because I am anxious. I'm accepting the feeling. But how do I work through this feeling? Because I know it's uncomfortable. But I know I've, I've done it before. And I know this feeling doesn't last forever. So I'm just going to ride it. I probably look like in shock because I'm like freaking out inside. But how do I work through this in the proper way? because I know I've done it before and I can I can do it again. And my my one friend, we were out for a run. I think his narrative in his head was that he was an anxious person and that he couldn't talk to people. So I challenged him and I said, why don't you reframe how you view your anxiety and then challenge yourself to talk to one new person at the gym or something, like that kind of stuff. And so he, he messaged me the next day. He's like, hey, like I introduced myself to this person. I was like, okay, good start. And then just keep encouraging that because I think he got into his head that he was an anxious person all the time. So then you tell yourself that narrative and you keep believing that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I know you're more, you're capable of doing more and you're not that anxious person that you always think you are. Or I, even more so that I'm an anxious person and because yeah. of that, I can't do X. Yeah. Whereas it'd be, I'm an anxious person, but yeah. I can still do these things yeah. using these skills yeah, and yeah. tools. Yeah, so that's like, 
that's what a lot of the firefighting stuff it's like I'm anxious I know I'm anxious but I know it's gonna pass and I have other things to think of that will help me work through what I'm feeling and then after I can go to the gym and I can de-stress so it's like having those like like coping mechanisms to work through mm-hmm. things so it's but it's finding what works well for you I think everyone's different but it also takes like self like reflection and finding things that how do I work through these problems that work well for me? Because what I say works well for me is not going to work well for everyone too, right? So yeah, It was such a relief for me in managing mine mm-hmm. in, on my journey to realize that you don't get rid of anxiety. No. You just get braver yeah, yeah. or and you I, learn how to manage it. But the goal of usually if you have a problem is mm-hmm. remove the problem. Yeah. And if you can't remove the problem, it gets very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. That can dive into depression. Exactly, yeah. Knowing that, okay, this, this is a thing with yeah. me. How do I surmount that yeah. while it still exists? Yeah, uh, yeah I think anxiety is though it could be on a range it is normal and it's a i think even depression like those things are like a normal human feeling but it's about finding ways to work through them that work well for people like themselves so that's a big thing mm. we touched briefly on how gender kind of still is a factor yeah. in the fire service that's a reality yeah. and we, we want to work towards a place where it's not and then also we touched on handing down information and inspiration and support to others at whatever level you're at yeah. so are there specific things that you would like to pass on to other young girls that are just discovering what their options are yeah. or other women that are maybe considering or maybe not considering? Are there specific things from your perspective and vantage point that you would want to sort of fast track them on or remove barriers for them? I would say if you have questions, reach out and don't be afraid to reach out to any female, like anyone, if you're interested in learning about how they got into the career, because some of us, like I got in, I'm 27, I'm turning 28 soon, so I'm kind of like at a good age to get hired. If you have questions, ask from someone who's either more experienced or someone my age, and then also, I wish I got into it earlier. So I think the programs that people are putting in place right now are great for females to get into and learn more about the uh, profession. Yeah, I think it's just ask questions and then search out for programs that can get you into it. Do research. Have you looked into getting involved with the Fire Service Women of Ontario and other boot camps that are directed to young girls and help mentor them along the way and expose them? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would definitely do like a a boot camp. That's like on my list of things. My main goal was always just full time. And then I can, once I have full time, you have more more time to do other things and help more people. So I would definitely do like a boot camp, just like more mentorship. Mentorship to really anyone who reaches out. I, I love helping people in that aspect but I know a lot of people have paved the way before me and I'm very appreciative of that I haven't had any bad experiences myself personally I know that's different for a lot of people but I know it's just because of people who've paved the way before who are making it better for me to be in the profession so I'm thankful for that and it's been yeah a great journey like I haven't I love this <laughs> I love doing firefighting so it's honestly there's like I hope there's more programs I hope more people get involved with it and just honestly it's just being confident enough to ask for help. If you need help with anything, just being able to reach out and connect with someone who's willing to put the time into to help get you to the profession too. Is there anything else specifically that you're thinking of that you want to add on here that you want to make sure we cover? Making sure you're fit to get into firefighting, making sure that your mental health is a priority as well too. I'm really passionate about the fitness and the mental health aspect of firefighting, so that's something I'm also really interested in. I think... Like you said, people are really interested in like specific firefighting things, but I'm also really interested in the the fitness and the mental health aspect of it. Just be very confident going into it, into getting hired full time. You're gonna have a lot of situations 
where it's going to feel like you're getting nowhere, but then after a bit, it kind of just the streamlines into a lot of good things. Reach out to people, ask questions, find good mentors. That's a lot of it too. A lot of people are willing to help and just go from there. Have fun. Enjoy enjoy the journey because once you get full-time, it's crazy, but also it's like surreal. Just enjoy the journey. Enjoy your learning. Ask questions and all the work you've done leading up to yeah. the moment when you finally get it, mm-hmm. it, it all drops off. Yeah. You don't forget it, but the no. that stress, that worry, yeah. that, that load, yeah. the concern whether it's going to even going to happen, it yeah. all drops away. Yeah. It's worth it, right? And then you almost tell yourself, well, I would do it twice as much. Yeah. The first thing I thought of when I got the call, I thought, what's next? Because I knew, like, what's next? I have time to do not only just firefighting full time, but also connect with people like you, help grow your mission and also like grow my mission of the firefighting fitness and all that kind of stuff too. And just be able to give back more time because I've had so many great people help me. So I want to help more people and give back my time to help not only people get into the career because I that's what I enjoy. Like I, I always enjoyed the pursuit of the career. I would spend a lot of time interview prep doing all that kind of stuff and ways to improve my resume and doing course and stuff like that as well too so I, I really enjoyed the pursuit of firefighting and then also just teaching and training mm-hmm. with other people too so just the human aspect and connecting with people too so well, hopefully people have seen that you've been tagged recently more often yeah, like yeah. in some of the posts yeah, yeah. we've been doing because you're actually going to be coming on board and, yeah. and helping with the podcast which yeah. is amazing right yeah. so i usually ask like how do people get reach you but yeah. i guess they can find obviously they can find you where they've seen you linked yeah, yeah. on ig and but are you on other platforms too or is it just instagram yeah i do have a linkedin that's fun. i'm going to be posting more on that as well too and i do have my own website I'm going to be working on that. I can give you all the links for that, but that'll just be a blog kind of just to highlight some of the things that I did to stand out in the recruitment process and just to help with fitness and wellness as well too for firefighters. Do you journal? Have you thought about documenting your recruit class? And- so I did. So I remember I'm going to get some books and document that. I don't know like if people will be interested in seeing that, like the whole experience on like a blog or something I could eventually do, but I would definitely, I'm going to definitely make sure because I want to look like fitness journals you look back and you look at the weights you used to do compared to now i want to have that same feeling when i look back and 20 years on the job and i look back and think about the days where i was in recruit class and i I was still like at the bare minimum kind of getting into it so i'm excited to kind of do the training and everything like that and just learn from more experienced firefighters i love learning and i'm going in with a a blank slate i want to learn how they do it and also give like advice and questions and stuff like that and just soak it all in because I'm I'm just so excited. So I think a journal or a blog, yeah. definitely a digital blog would yeah. be really beneficial to people. Yeah. And it's great because not all mentoring is done direct person to person. A yeah. lot of it happens vicariously or through second hand yeah. or there's a lot of mentors in the fire service that that we've all learned from that have passed away or that we'll never actually be able to physically connect with. So just putting it out there and you never know just like this, you never know who's going to come across it and then recommend it to somebody. And and next thing you know, someone's going to pick it up and they'll get great benefit from it. So anytime we have room to even add that extra piece where you're planting a seed and you have no idea what it, where it's going to become. I think there's benefit in that. I get a couple messages a week on like my LinkedIn asking how to get into the career 
what courses should I take and stuff like that too. So if anyone has questions, reach out. But you also find good mentors that are in your area. That could be a volunteer at your hall or someone you reach out to on social media too, right? People are willing to help out if you ask. I think people are scared to ask. I, I'm not. The worst you can get is, is no, right? And then or not no, yet not yet or if you no one even will know if i, I they say no to me because it's on my own <laughs> messages so just delete <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah just be confident in your skills and everything too as firefighters so that's the biggest cool. thing for me i hope this was a good experience for you too yeah well it's been great to know you like you've helped me a lot with getting hired on and just with keeping motivated to keep going because there's been times in my pursuit to force firefighting that it's been in a lull but having like people like you to reach out and send me messages like that kept me motivated to keep going awesome. and i'm all like very happy to be part of the team now too because i think we all kind of bring in something that's really it'll be a great team and i stand very strong with the mission of what you and especially with the people you bring on too yeah brad and matt are really stoked as well yeah yeah oh we should team work out and like team <laughs> hangout i'm totally in but um yeah i'm excited to be part of the team and nice. i know it's only like all of us, all our expertise, it's just up from here, right? Yeah, and we've talked uh, amongst us as well of doing an episode with the four of us oh, at some point, <laughs> yeah, right? And awesome. just talking yeah, about yeah. how it all came together yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and what it's meant for all of us. Yeah. So I think that'll be re really yeah. interesting to do as well. I'm excited for that. Because I remember the first time I reached out to you because I listened to a podcast and a lot of people asked me how I met you. And I was like, honestly, I just reached out to him and then asked him cool questions. I remember I asked you to go on a call and you're probably like, who, who is this person? <laughs> and then I asked you for advice on like some just like firefighting stuff as well too. And you were like one of the first people I, I called as well too to tell you that I got hired full time as well. Just building those relationships have been, made my pursuit towards firefighting so much more rewarding because I can tell you that I got hired and you like, oh, like I had a little bit of add in there. And then I tell my other buddies and they're like, oh yeah, like I had a little bit of help with that as well too. So it just a well-rounded team of great mentors that I wouldn't be anywhere where I am today without the people in my life. So I'm very appreciative and thankful for everyone who's helped me along the way. So. And it's great for us to be able to help draw in people that we know are good people. Yeah. Like we have to keep, yeah, bring you know, yeah. build the farm team. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Good.